It's the third Sunday of Lent here at Good Shepherd Catholic Church in State College, Pennsylvania. The date is March 8, 2015. Today's readings come from Exodus, chapter 20, verses 1 through 3, 7 through 8, and 12 through 17, as well as 1 Corinthians, chapter 1, verses 22 through 25. The Gospel proclamation comes from John, chapter 2, verses 13 through 25. Today's homily is given by Father Richard Baker. As we listen to God's commandments from the book of Exodus, it will be a good thing to pay attention to this familiar text. Lord, on which of the commandments do you want me to focus at this time to help me become the best version of myself? A reading from the book of Exodus. God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above, or that is on the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them, or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the inequity of parents to the third and fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days shall you labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you, your son or your daughter, or your male or female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. Honor your father and your mother, so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not cover your neighbor's wife. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You may not covet the male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. The word of the Lord. St. Paul claims that the crucified Christ is power and wisdom for us believers. How can that broken, bloody Jesus be our power and wisdom? A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For Jews demand signs and Greeks desire wisdom, but we proclaim Christ crucified, 
a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. For God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom. For God's weakness is stronger than human strength. The word of the Lord. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Since a Passover of the Jews was near, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. He found in the temple area those who sold oxen, sheep, and doves, as well as the money changers seated there. He made a whip out of cords and drove them all out of the temple area with the sheep and oxen and spilled the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And to those who sold doves, he said, Take these out of here and stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples recalled the words of scripture. Zeal for your house will consume me. At this, the Jews answered and said to him, What sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews said, This temple has been under construction for 46 years, and you will raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. Therefore, when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they came to believe the scripture and the word Jesus had spoken. While he was in Jerusalem for the feast of Passover, many began to believe in his name when they saw the signs that he was doing. But Jesus would not trust himself to them because he knew them all and did not need anyone to testify about human nature. He himself understood it well. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. You'd rather be in Jamaica, I know. <laughs> but it's going to be 40 today, so you can... It's close. You know, in Tanzania, among the people, the Bakuria people, it's very important that if a guest comes to visit them, that they have something to kill, something to slaughter, that there's some flow of blood to seal the welcome that you have when you come to visit. And very often in Tanzania, I would walk through a, a village and uh, out of a homestead, somebody would call, Karibu, Karibu, Karibu sana. Welcome, welcome, very much welcome. And you'd go and you'd, and you'd sit. Uh, all of a sudden, they'd bring out a three-legged stool and they put it down and you sat on that. And then all of a sudden, uh, some of the children from the village would take a handful of uh, dry corn kernels, throw it on the ground, and all these chickens would come and begin to peck at the uh, kernels. And one of them would be grabbed, and you knew right then and there that you were going to be there for the next three hours. Huh? Because it was a sign of, of respect and honor that when a guest comes, and someone that they consider an important guest, that they should uh, slaughter something. Huh? 
Also, among the same people, when a wedding was to take place, or at least the beginnings of a wedding, when the bride would go and stay with the bridegroom, the bridegroom would come to the village of the bride, or the bride's father. And I would go early in the morning, if they were Catholic, I would go early in the morning and I'd be with the elders, and it's the father's age mates that were there first, and they'd go into the uh, place where the cattle were kept. It was outside, it's a, just a circular thing with mud. And they would take most of the cattle out, but one bull would remain inside the corral. And of course, that bull had to be killed. And once that bull was killed, I knew that the wedding was going to take place. It was the seal that something was going to happen that day, and that was that uh, a marriage would take place. That two families, not two people, but two families, would be joined together in a very special way. And so they would, uh, we would eat some meat. The men would, uh, the elders would eat the raw meat. I didn't eat the raw meat. And uh, we would, uh, the bridegroom would come to the village, stand outside. The brothers of the bride to be would go out and wrestle with them because they didn't want to lose their sister. Huh? She was too valuable to them. And then after two or three rounds of that, she, the bridegroom was welcomed into the uh, village and he would greet everybody they were, and we would then start the ceremony, the marriage ceremony right there in the village. After that, there was some dancing, some eating, and then uh, women from the bridegroom's village would escort the new bride with her trunk on her or her suitcase on her head uh, back to the village of the bridegroom. Of course, after some haggling, with the father, the father wanted a little bit more of this because he's losing somebody valuable you know, from his village. And then we would go bless the house of the uh, bride, uh, the bride, bride and bridegroom's new house, which was built out of mud, and I'd bless that, and then we'd have another party. So it was kind of a nice uh, marriage ceremony. But something had to be killed, blood had to be spilled. It was the sign of a covenant. Of a, and it, it was basically true in Israel. In the Old Testament, it was only the blood, when blood was sprinkled on the altar and on the people, that the covenant was given a seal, that something happened between God and God's people, Israel. And that was the function of the temple, pretty much, as we hear today. We're in the temple this morning, right? We're in the temple with Jesus, and he comes, and he's not happy with what he sees. And yet, if we look at it, we see that it wasn't, they were, people were not doing anything wrong. We have to look somewhere else. It's not just that they were making a, a market out of or, or doing business in a place where business shouldn't have been done. That was part of it. But they were providing a function. In order to renew the covenant, every year something had to be killed. Blood had to be spilled. And so people would buy something according to their socioeconomic status. If they could buy a bull, they bought a bull. If they could buy a sheep, they'd buy a sheep. If they were poor, they would buy a dove. Something had to be killed in order to seal the covenant. What Jesus did was not that he was against that. He just wanted to show people that two things. One, that somehow they were concentrating on the wrong thing. You know, we always have this expression, you throw the baby out with the bathwater. I think that's a very common idiom in America. And I think that's what he was saying to them. He's saying, you know, 
you're concentrating so much on what goes around what you're doing that you miss the point of what you're doing. Huh? The covenant is a relationship. The covenant is a relationship between ourselves and the God who gives us life. And what Jesus is saying now is maybe that covenant has to be renewed in a different way. So your temple is not going to have, it won't be the place anymore to renew this covenant. There's a new temple. And who is that temple? Christ himself. He says, yeah. I'll, uh, you destroy this temple and I'll raise it up in three days. Who is he talking about? Certainly not the building that was taking 46 years and still not completed. He was talking about himself. I'm the new temple. If you want to renew your covenant with God, then you have to do it through me. Follow me. I'm in Jerusalem. Follow me to Calvary. And then you'll renew that covenant, a covenant of life, a life that will not end. And that's basically what we celebrate. But I think during this time of, of, of Lent, as we follow, as we accompany Jesus to Calvary, it's a chance for us to get our priorities straight. Huh? Are we concentrating too much on bathwater, or are we concentrating on the baby? Are we looking at our relationship? What, is, what are our priorities in our relationship with God and with each other? You know, in the first reading, we had the Ten Commandments. Well, in the in the New Testament, we do have commandments, but we only have two. You know, love, love, your love God with everything you have. Love your God. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. But Christ even added something else, especially in John's Gospel. If you're going to love your neighbor, love your neighbor as Jesus loved us. Love each other as I have loved you, Jesus said. And how did Jesus love us? Gave his life for us. Huh? And that's how we should love each other. So basically, it's a time for us to look at our relationship within our family, within our community, within our, within our state, within our, our country, and within in, globally, we look at relationships. And we begin to see how our relationships are developing as we move on to Calvary, huh? as we join our lives with Christ, as we go to the new temple to renew our covenant with God. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's service. For more information about Good Shepherd, please visit us online at goodshepherd-sc.org.